Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Sequels are out. They should oh. have called it The Shining 2. <laughs> or put the number two in the word shining somewhere. Shy-tooing. Shy-tooing? Yeah, shy-tooing. Shine-tooing. They should have called it Still Shining. <laughs> Shine That's on. That's perfect. <laughs> Welcome to Film House, everybody. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by Muggsy Jeans and Columbia College. I've got my buds Elise and James Willems with me today. Hello. My name's Daniel. Uh, and so this week's topics on Film House, we're going to talk about Sanix redesign, the McClunky conspiracy. There's a little bit of DC Cinematic Universe uh, news, some announcements, and a big question, is James Dean back from the dead? The answer is yes. <laughs> Apparently, which is kind of scary. But I think we'll just jump right into it with uh, what it seems that everyone would probably want us to talk about this week, and that is that Sanic is back. Everyone. Um, everybody. Yeah. Uh, there was a subreddit post just about this trailer, and mm -hmm. it, people went a little wild. On our subreddit? On our subreddit. Yeah. Just, I guess, excited really to hear what you probably have to say uh -huh. about Sanic, because you're the biggest Sonic fan I know. Oh, maybe Lawrence is the biggest Sonic fan I know. Whatever. I don't know. Um, James, he declined to be on this show. He said, fuck no. James has his Sonic the Hedgehog 2 t-shirt from when he was like 10 years old. <laughs> it was a pre-order bonus. Yeah. I may actually take it You could pre-order when you were 10? Yeah, absolutely I did. Yeah, of course, all those big games. <laughs> Sonic 2 was a huge game. Are you kidding me? That's that's when you could finally play as Tails. Yeah. Right? Well, I think that's why I liked Tails it. Tails appeared. There was no Tails before that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not even playable, just in the game. Did he have a dark origin Remember, story? they showed a silhouette. They, the magazine showed a silhouette that uh, had the what? silhouette of Tails, and you're like, what is that? What magazine? It's probably Game Pro. I mean, most most of the Sonic promo. Was it Sonic Magazine? <laughs> yeah. Most of the early promo for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was like a silhouette of Tails, and you're like, what? Sega Ooh. Power. Um, I don't know. I was a Super Nintendo kid. I always was very suspicious of Sega kids. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, we're the alternative ones, okay? <laughs> we, we may not be the billionaires, but we're the ones who keep society moving. <laughs> it still costs okay. as much. <laughs> I was going to say, is, is Sega more blue collar than, than Nintendo? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, there was a, a big hubbub when they released this trailer a couple months ago with a maybe too realistic take on Sonic where you could see his teeth and his calf muscles and... The internet went you know, wild, freaked out, screaming masses or whatever, shrieking at the the Paramount Studios and what's the guy's name, Jeff Fowler. And I think in a, in a weird twist that not, doesn't really happen or hasn't happened, but I imagine will happen more often, is that the studio went and changed the movie after the fan outrage. Mm -hmm. I, I can't really think of that happening before this. Um, but it may be just a sign of the times to come. Um, but anyway, a couple months later, we get a newly designed, newly rendered Sonic the Hedgehog that might be a little more accurate to yeah. what everyone wanted. Yeah, usually like what you're describing is something that it happens after the fact. So a movie or a game comes out and then it bombs and then the, the direction behind it says, we heard your complaints for the next one, we're addressing them. Little to to never are those addressed mid-production on something like it's pretty bizarre. You, yeah, I think this is something that could be more commonplace running into the future with studios showing us peaks and sneaks at our favorite characters. They may do ahead of yeah. Time. They may do it in a more measured way though, where it's very like because they released a whole trailer, but maybe next time it would be just the the concept art of him. Testing I, well, it in the public eye beforehand. Yeah. I, I wonder if some of the reaction for this stuff is going to be to flip it the other way, where there, it, the studio go, we did, we learned our lesson. Thank you very much. So the next time we get something like this, 
Well, one, they may not even go. They, this may have soured studios to even, unless this movie makes like $500 million or a billion dollars or whatever. Like, it may have soured them and they're like, all right, we're not even going to touch this bottom bottom shelf nerd culture stuff anymore. <laughs> Are you calling Sonic bottom shelf? I mean, it is kind yeah, of. It is. like it's Sonic's terrible. Like, I love it. But part of what I love about it is it's always like Sega is the underdog system. Sonic is less than Mario. Like, there's like they have way more games that are all way worse overall. <laughs> like, that's what I kind of love about Sonic. But I think they may be like, well, this isn't going to be worth it. Or what we're going to do is we're going to make the movie and people are only going to see it uh, when it's too late. So, like, the first trailer will be two weeks before the movie comes out. So that way they don't have to spend money to do it yeah. and fix it. And if it'll bomb, it'll bomb. And then at least this way... Because, honestly, there's a pretty good chance this Sonic movie with the new Sonic is going to come out and not do very well. It might do the exact same that the other one would have done, Yeah, to tell you the truth. It might do the exact same, but they had to go and spend way more money to fix it all. I guess that's my one hope, is that there aren't a bunch of animators in, like, Canada or something that had to work 200-hour weeks to re-render Sonic in, yeah. what, mm-hmm. three months? Is that how much it was delayed? I forget. Uh, it was supposed anyway. to come out... This last week. Ago? Supposed to come out last week. So we could have already forgotten out, about and Sonic. it's coming out Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, or around there. Sweet date movie. Yeah. I have found out recently that the John Cena firefighter movie apparently had to... It, it, it The reason it came out of nowhere is because it had to fill Sonic's spot. They swapped him. Oh. I was like, oh, John Cena, Sonic. It's all the things I care about <laughs> are all uh, dramatically tied together. The, uh, this the content of this trailer is different. Quite. What did you guys think of it? Um. Uh, well. Yeah. What? Do what do I think? Yeah. I mean, here's my feedback. Just it's, on the redesign in general. It's just on the redesign. Oh, I meant the actual like content oh, okay. of what's this, happening in the trailer. Yeah. I mean, this trailer is a better trailer for what appears to be a more exciting movie yes. than the first trailer was. Um, it still doesn't change my mind that it just seems like they took a character, the character Sonic the Hedgehog, and just inserted him into a template movie. Mm-hmm. Like they have these templates, and it just seems like you know they. And sometimes that works. Bumblebee is actually really good. I just don't know if this is the, all this cheering and celebrating the fact that now we have a Sonic that looks more like the video game character is going to ch- it does it's not like they pe- people got into the streets and demanded they change the script to be something more true to Sonic the Hedgehog so that that shot that we just saw of him running in the dryer mm-hmm. could old lanky Sonic have done that would he have fit would he have been able to jog I think it may be right at the top of this uh, mm-hmm. the clips of Is him it? in the ba- in the basement or rec oh, room or whatever to... so yeah, I guess there, he, yeah. Could, he... could that lanky one have fit in there I don't, I don't know so I get my understanding from watching the trailer like one and a half times is that Sonic has come to our Earth because everyone on his world was trying to steal his powers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he has magic rings that take him from universe to universe. So, something I'm wondering about, too, is because there's a first there's a shot of his world. Which is the coolest. Green, that's the Green coolest Hill part of the trailer. Zone. It's the coolest Green shit. Hill Zone, yeah. right? Like it's a shot of I it. want this. I wonder what that looked like beforehand. Because I guarantee you, there's no way that looked this environment looked this way. You think that's I think con- they went back and they were like, "Oh shit!" Before Make it, it was like probably the- a different kind of alien world, and then they were like, "Oh shit!" Well, all people want is how it looked in the game, and so they had to go back in and do the the off color cubing and make all that <laughs> stuff. They went to the dumpster and found the concept art that they'd thrown out previously, or something. Well, like- yeah, a friend of mine found the. Mar- Super Mario movie like production Bible and stuff in the dumpster once. <laughs> oh, it's not, so it's not a joke. He's got it at all, and it's ridiculous. But and that's another story for another time. I still think that the for me the fun version of this movie would have been kid gets transported into Sonic's world. Um, I'm kind of happy there's not a kid character. Well, personally. Kid is a fox, and the fox is yeah. At least with the oh, I that is cool actually. I didn't really Take like Detective Pikachu that much. Like I thought it was fine. I just didn't love it. And but I still appreciated that they were like, this is a new interesting world where Pokemon and human coexist. And it's like it's it's not just this sort of you know fish out of water yeah. story that. That yeah, it does feel like it could be any character really. And I think that Pokemon world building was my favorite part of that Pokemon mm-hmm. film. 
My, my hope for this is that it is D Bumblebee. The best thing about it is it didn't try and rewrite the book on anything, right? It was just, it was just like a uh, go exactly by the numbers kind of ET whatever template movie you want to consider those, right? But it had a great lead actress. It had a good score, a good setting, and it seemed genuine. And those are the only things that you needed to make it end up being overall a good movie, despite the fact that it is a, a tropey movie. This this feels like it could be, but there's also so much like other identity that's injected into it that I think is just going to take things away from it. And also the idea of a uh, like a young girl uh, dealing with her young girl life, and then how that coincides with a transformer who is out of its own place, like. That's kind of always been a Transformers story, too. Mm. It's just this is a little bit more genuine than Sam Witwicky running around and then it getting, like, up its own ass at a certain point. None of this really has anything to do with Sonic. Like, Sonic being like, I'm lost in New York City has never been an element of Sonic's well, story. I mean, I excuse my Sonic ignorance, Ask but me is, is there, like, a plot? Other I mean, than like Ro Robotnik like captures animals or well, something. The big thing about Sonic is he exists in that other world, right? Where there's a bunch of characters and things sure are wacky, but the world is wacky, and there's all kinds of different areas. And Robotnik is always harassing the animals, and he's the protector of the animals and stuff like that. But it, but is is that the main conflict that Robotnik's trying to capture animals? He yeah, he's capturing animals. He's also trying to get Chaos Emeralds. But the I've never wondered what would it be like if Sonic met a dog, you know? Because it's just like it seems like a weird thing. You I mean, did a, please. No, I was gonna say if you did a movie where it's like kid gets transported to Sonic World, um, Robotnik has like done some executed on some evil plan that has like imprisoned or sent Sonic's friends to different worlds, and the, so then the, so the setup of the movie is like Sonic and Kid against all odds need to go and like free or find all the different, you know, characters in his his uh, group. And then maybe there's even one character, like maybe there's like a shadow character that's like Sonic's like, they're, they're not buds, but like Sonic's like, come on, like we gotta go take on, you know, Robotnik, so he gets shadow or whatever. And then the final is like all of them fighting Robotnik, but you have all these like mini boss sort of things where he's going and getting all these people and all this, you know, is happening and the kids with them or whatever. That would be my thinking of what you because you can see other you can see different worlds. You can do it all, right? You're not planning for the trilogy, Elise. Maybe that's where they go next. I don't know. I, again, I call it. There's that. The first trailer had that one uh, end tag, yeah. that Stinger or whatever, which was Jim Carrey, who looks like he oh, gets yeah. blown up at the end of this movie and sent into Sonic's world. That's how it's going to end. He gets blown up, which causes him to get the bald-headed, wacky-haired Robotnik look, and then but now he's in Sonic World, and he's like, ah! And then, so then the second mm -hmm. one, they can follow up on it. There was one joke I did like in the trailer, which was um, Jim Carrey's, like, evil henchman brings him a latte, and this part, I think, and then uh, Jim Carrey shouts at him, like, I love the way you make him! And it was a pretty, like, Jim Carrey-ish sort of moment and I was like I do like that the the, the dancing around bit kind of it, it the whole trailer seems so jokey like yeah. I, I understand trying to sell understand trying to sell like humor in a film but it really does just seem like there's two dozen Sonic doing his own thing bits that are just interspersed in this movie in between what might be plot points this is the this is yeah, him. so that's that's the end of the movie, or right near the end of the movie, because he, in his last-ditch effort to stop Sonic, he gets blown up by one of his own devices, which sends him through one of Sonic's rings back into Sonic's world, and the end result is him looking like our classic Robotnik. That's how the movie's going to end. But I just want the movie to start it there. start there. That's where I want most movies to start, but I know that it costs more to do an entire computer-animated movie where everything, where you're in Green Hill Zone and Chuck then you're mushrooms. in, you know, Spring Yard Zone and everything like that, you can really actually see the green screen. Like here. where where all of that is happening, as opposed to filming it in Portland or whatever, you know, like <laughs> just Northwest. in Vancouver, probably. Do you um, think there's a better place for Sonic to be 
Do you see him in Texas, James? I mean, in his world. This is where, and this, so here's my perfect version doesn't even have a kid in it. Same. It's just him and his friends. And then there's a hero's journey aspect where he's got this magic, he's got this ability, but he doesn't really care about anyone more than himself and what he wants to do with his power and be cocky and everything until Dr. Robotnik's plan actually touches his life and someone he cares about is taken and then he goes back for it but then it becomes part of a bigger journey and then he ends up going up to the Death Egg is what it's called. Robotnik's big ship is the Death Egg. So it's exactly like the Death Star because everything in Sonic is just a trope stolen from something else and then at the very end of the movie he uh, has to he thinks he's going to be sacrificing his powers but what he actually does is he takes in more power, becomes supersonic, and it's sweet, and it's awesome. Um, and then he becomes the protector of the land. What, what's the difference between Sonic and Supersonic? It's when he has all the Chaos Emeralds and then 50 rings, and then you jump twice in the air, and then he becomes invincible, and he goes so fast that he can fly. Is there a place for Jim Carrey in the Sonic movie you're describing? I mean, motion capture him into an animated character, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. So you you would rather an animated, a more animated film. I want it to be all that first shot of this trailer. (laughs) That's what I want a whole Sonic movie to be, which I think goes back to my redesign. I know people are really happy with how it looks. Right now, I'm going to say... I think they went a step too far. Bold stance. It looks great when he is in his world. I don't think Sonic looks that good when it's him sitting next to James Marsden in a bar. Uh, you know, I, I think very similar. I, I think I don't think that they nailed... Detective Pikachu has an amazing look. They managed to figure out what that difference is to make it the character, but also make it make sense when... What was his name? Justice? Justice... Yeah. Justice Smith or I something? that's it. Justice Smith was walking around with Pikachu on his shoulder. It still felt like he was there. Pikachu was real in that world. He w- this just like takes a step to the cartooniness. Yeah, I think. Sonic. Like it's one, a few steps past where the m- nice middle ground was. And, I and think. as ugly as that old Sonic was, he still seemed like he was in that world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I don't know that I could stand looking at that ugly Sonic. <laughs> but I just think there's we're still going to run into this thing where that looks good on its own, but it doesn't look great in a lot of the shots in the trailer. I don't think most people care about that minutia, though. They just see it and they go, okay, well, I just, I know that I can look at that. This is easier to look at than the, that one. By the way, he's got teeth. <laughs> he still has okay. the teeth. They've loosened the teeth, they put yeah. them a little further back. He still has teeth now, but like his giant hands, his giant eyes, it really doesn't feel like he's sitting in that car. Right. It, it feels like it's from another, it looks like it's from an animated film. Like yeah. a really well yes. animated film, but it just doesn't fit in reality at all. And I realize the other Sonic was maybe too creepy and I mean, real it was um, and gross looking, but I, th- I feel like this is too far the other way. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, I think, what people wanted. Mm-hmm. The, the internet masses wanted it to look like the Sonic that they know and love. Mm-hmm. But I think similar to what you're saying, it just doesn't work when they're in a car together or when they're in the real world together. It's, it's like a living cartoon. It is maybe too much like a Roger Rabbit. Which well, I know is a great film, and they do the blending really neatly, but that's its own specific universe where cartoons exist. I, I also think Roger Rabbit, like you can see the videos that go into great detail of all the stuff that they did with a camera and the actor to make it feel like he is within that world, even though he doesn't look like he belongs there. Roger Rabbit, I mean. Like all the lighting passes mm-hmm. that they did and all the control that they had. This movie wasn't filmed that way, you know? It was filmed probably with the intention of having a more realistic-looking Sonic that you would be like, okay, it makes sense that he's in that world. I just think the movie's going to only look really good when it's him running along the Great Wall of China or in his place when they're fully CG worlds. When there's no humans or dogs. There's nothing to compare it to because I don't know that that looks great. But I don't care. I'm going to go see it. Who are we kidding? (laughs) I'd have seen it already if I was able to. You could have seen it last week if it wasn't for the internet. By the way, that shot of him look, putting his hands down and looking up and everything, that is the same shot that was him on the desert road. Mm-hmm. I think they changed a lot of this I movie. Think, I, think they, I think they got terrified and they're like, oh my God, we have to put more Sonic stuff in this movie. And so they went for it. it, just, it, it seems like, yeah, like, how could Lanky one fit in the washing machine? <laughs> It could, he, he couldn't, couldn't have. have. He couldn't have. have worked. Sorry, Dan. Have you, no, no. have you seen the side-by-sides of, like, the lanky one and this one? 
It's pretty interesting because they had to figure out a way to make his eye, like his pupils kind of land in the same spot. Okay, for eye lines? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it almost worked out because of how proportional the other one, how much the other one looked like a child. And mm. But this one has a giant head. But it is really weird where it's like before his mouth was like three quarters of the way up the frame. And now it's like the bottom third <laughs> just because of his strange proportions. Um, yeah, I don't know. I am I, I, happy for everyone who is happy. But I think you may have picked a really weird battle in this one. Yeah. Um, for everyone who is upset and now thinks that they've, I guess, quote unquote, won. I have seen some, just you know, on Imager or Reddit or wherever I'm reading, some people actually having the self awareness to say, okay, now that we've made them change it, regardless of how good it is, we have to go see it. Mm. <laughs> like they have that level of awareness to say, like, well, we asked for this. We made people go through a lot of work, <laughs> so the onus is on us now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope they live up to that. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they won't. Most of those people just steal it when it comes out or watch it on Netflix. There's a there's a great It's Always Sunny episode this season um, where the, all of them are asked to do a survey on a new movie that's coming out, a sequel to like a fran- an action movie franchise that they really like. And they have so many, They like then they go in and they have a conversation with a representative about their how they felt about the movie. And they just like ripping it to shreds and they have all these issues with it and they keep tearing it apart except they also have no real concept of like what a good movie like yeah. <laughs> like what goes into making a movie uh, what it's theoretical that you could possibly change after the fact that a movie is made and then and then spoiler at the end they forget that the movie actually came out when it came <laughs> out you know? that's so perfect because <laughs> um, yeah I, I have to imagine 99% of the people complaining about this movie probably have no concept of how to make a movie mm-hmm. or how to tell a story they just wanted to yell about the way Sonic looked. Mm-hmm. I and think yeah, making films by committee is certainly not how we've ever gotten a good film. Or by mob rule. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just not a way any good movie has probably ever been made. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you get a couple really smart people, extremely talented, and they'll make a really neat movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, not everyone. With <laughs> a lot of the reaction was we've shown Hollywood that they can't, that they that we are a force to be reckoned with. But I think what you actually showed them is they're going to do a little bit more math next time before they determine what movie is actually worth ever getting to you in the first place. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, I, I think the fact that a Sonic movie exists is is pretty wild, and mm-hmm. I don't think anyone expects it to be high mm-hmm. art in any in any regard. But. By the way, Hilltop. It's that signs at Hilltop. Yeah. Right? Well, what is Hilltop? Hilltop. Hilltop Zone. Well, that was Green that's Hill Zone. A, that's that's the first level. Okay. But Hilltop is uh, in Sonic 2. Does he play <laughs> baseball <laughs> in any of the games? <laughs> I feel kind of bad. Like, he seems so lonely. He's doing all these things all by himself, like reading all the flashes and playing ping pong and baseball all by himself. He mm-hmm. seems kind of sad. But that I don't know. Make... But then, he, sorry to interrupt you, but the, in the movie, he's talking about how happy he is. <laughs> Maybe everyone's always bothering him when what he's in Sonic World. I was going to say, but that would be a good theme if it was a movie just about Sonic in his own world. He's got this powers. He's crafted this life for himself. and Everyone's bothering him all the time and, and to do Sonic And he doesn't Sonic want stuff. anything to do with the people over there in Green Hill Zone. He's got his own place with his shit and everything. And then... Just wants to read Flash comics. It isn't until the little Tails, little fox named Miles comes up to visit him and he's kidnapped by Dr. Robotnik that Sonic feels like he needs to get involved. Let's make the movie. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, So I do think with the redesign, they could have gone with a slick pair of pants, maybe consulted Muggsy jeans on what Sonic would have looked like in pants. Surely no one would have been upset with that. But in case you guys don't know, Muggsy jeans are the most comfortable jeans ever made. Muggsy jeans are the most comfortable men's jeans ever made, and that's no exaggeration. Muggsy's are real jeans that literally feel as comfortable as sweatpants. The magic is in Muggsy's proprietary fabrics, which include a blend of high-tech materials that make these jeans mind-blowingly soft and flexible. Best of all, Muggsy's come in a stylish fit that's not too baggy, but not too tight, so you look even better than you feel. If you want comfortable jeans that look good, Muggsy jeans are for you. The guys at Muggsy are so confident you'll love them, they offer free USA shipping and returns, so your comfort is 100% guaranteed. Do your legs a favor, grab your own pair of the jeans that are sweeping the nation by heading to Muggsy.com. 
That's M-U-G-S-Y dot com. And use code FILMHOUSE for $10 off. So, uh, again, that's Mugsy.com. And use FILMHOUSE at checkout for $10 off. Mugsy.com. Use the promo code FILMHOUSE at checkout. You'll get $10 off. I really love my Mugsy jeans. Uh, They're really sweet. And I think you might, too, if you like jeans at all. So thanks, Muggsy, for bringing us here this week to talk about Sonic. Um, yeah, so what else we got going this week? Uh, the big McClunky conspiracy. <laughs> oh, old George is at it again. I, I saw, I, so I saw a tweet, the first kind of tweet that referenced this, and I thought it was a joke. The McClunky thing? Or yeah, the, someone made like a tweet an onion and headline. they were like, now, oh, now in this one, Greedo shouts McClunky before he gets shot. <laughs> and I was like, aha, that's a funny joke because they're saying like, oh, now there's even another stupider version of Star Wars. And I watched it and I was like, wait, he said McClunky. He did say McClunky or something like McClunky. I, and I, but and it's not subtitle. Everything else he says has a subtitle. Well, that's because George changed it but didn't know how to go and edit the subtitle file, probably. Didn't tell anyone. What is, I don't I even every, every, what does George I, changed it mean? I wonder if every sub in that film is off by the amount of frames that that new shot's in there. That would be curious that, to me. Yeah, that's interesting to know. No, I, I think one of the interesting things about this story is is I'm not sure Disney knew this, that George changed it again before selling the films to... Uh, Disney. Well, but this is the first time we've seen McClunky, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. Disney Plus. These are the f- the newest, you know, 4K upgrades that are uh-huh. on Disney Plus. And I think there was a planned disc release that got got shelved, got okay. shelved because so of Disney Plus. Technically, this is the first time we've seen these versions. Yes. So I'm I'm curious if there's other stuff kind of hidden around. You know, George's last second before cashing that those huge checks, just adding weird shit into these movies. I mean, Han and Greedo is what thirty minutes into A New Hope. That yeah. means we're gonna find some stuff based based think, on time. We're just early in. I think these are like the ultimate Easter eggs. My question: I'd love to know the motivation. Yeah. I'd love to know his motivation. I think he's just fixated with this: the fact that he thinks Han. Sh- shouldn't have shot first. Like, I wonder who said it to him. You think it was like Spielberg or someone at like after the movie was done, like whispered in his ears, like, by the way, having Han shoot first really screws his character up. And it's just been eating him up like inside for 40, 50 years. He's just thinking about this at night. But but McClunky seems like, (laughs) McClunky seems like, okay, his first solution was, oh, I'll have it be self-defense and I'll use computers to do that. And he's like, perfect, I fixed it. And everyone's like, this looks like, this looks terrible. It doesn't make any sense logically. How how does he move his his head that way? It doesn't make any sense. And so then instead of him going, you're right, it doesn't make any sense. We're just gonna go back to the way, the one version in which this made sense. Um, but then he was like, well, what if I add McClunky? Say, say Greedo says something in his own language that translates roughly to, I'm a shoot. Or whatever, like like I'm going <laughs> to shoot you now. Yeah. Then it would make sense that Han would know to dodge, and he would. That's how his reactions are so fast. And then you know, someone would have had to have recorded those lines. Who recorded them? And did they know at the time what they were recording those lines for? And in, in any context? I really want to know who's credited as saying McClunky. I mean, it could just be any garbage audio file that was lying around, right? Like from another take or something. Those played when, backwards. You know, I don't know. I just so funny. This is what version of this is there? Because like, so the first change was Greedo shooting first, right? Um, then people got mad, and he changed it to both of them shooting each other at the same time. Mm-hmm. So this is the third change mm-hmm. to that scene, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys, knowing Han Solo, do you think it's too cold blooded to have him shoot first? Like, no. do you at least get maybe? in his head somehow why this is something he's obsessing over? Like, I don't know if I can comment to that because I haven't seen Solo, so I don't know the full depth <laughs> of the Han Solo character. You don't even know, know how he got his last name. I don't, and I never will because I oh, I should watch that movie. Is it on Disney Plus yet? Probably, Probably on some other stream. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's not as bad as everyone claims it is. I didn't, I didn't think it was. I, I just wasn't like, oh, this seems exciting to me, but... <sighs> I think Han Solo's kind of a, I mean, he's, a, he's to, to me, I never thought he was like the upstanding pinnacle of morality. No, he's a, he was the definition of a rogue. He was a dude. And yeah. so. Cowboy. 
Maybe not. All I can say is the McClunky's the new coat Fifi. <laughs> <laughs> I well, you know what's interesting? Character arcs. That's that's what it gives him. No offense. It's an arc. No offense, but most people prefer Han Solo to Luke Skywalker for a reason. Yeah. It's because Luke Skywalker comes it's off as boring. It's a choir boy. He yeah. doesn't really have that much of an arc. He's a little maybe more jaded by the end of the franchise, but I think that's also just a wisdom, right? That's not an arc. That's just him seeing the world for what it is. He loses a hand. Like, but Han Solo, I think, is everyone's favorite character because he starts out as something and he ends as something else. Well, and he's a human. Too. Yeah. So it makes him great. Luke's, Luke's like a god or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's like Vegeta. Yeah. <laughs> At any minute, you might think he'll backhand Leia if she says something <laughs> that upsets him. But she calls it, him a nerf herder yeah. again. It's, it's that, what, like, that under-the-surface kind of thing that I think makes a character way more compelling. So, I mean, if he's really hung up on the fact that he murders this bounty hunter, who did threaten him in the first place, right? Like, it... It makes him less cool to think that he's he's such a rogue, but he he only kills in self defense. Like I find that hard to believe that you go from a scene where he kills a guy in self defense, and then these other people say there's a very important thing that's happening. The, sta- the whole state of the empire is at stake, and he goes he goes well if you pay me a little bit more, maybe I'll take you. And you're like, wait, hold on, <laughs> are you being a dick about this? Mm-hmm. You know, like he's already in the morality garbage bin by this point yeah. or he should be uh, it's lame uh, same it, it gives him a place to start from and a place to go to mm-hmm. that's that that serves a point in a story and I don't know I, I, I really want to know why this is so much in George's head that it needs to get changed three or four times yeah I think he's fucking with us now <laughs> I, I, maybe I, so I don't, I every think time it, it gets re-released there's a new addition to that scene it's like Alan Moore I'd People always bring up this person's name, but I don't think that they actually care at all. <laughs> like Alan I Moore's like, about. I just don't want it. I just don't want any oh, yeah. part of this. Please stop ruining my What's flowers. What's the opposite of that? I think George is obsessed with Star Wars. I think George I think George is just like, I'm just gonna fuck with him now. Because <laughs> I think everyone else in the world cares more about Star Wars than he does. And he's kind of like at a certain point you're like, All right, but I still hold the keys. <laughs> you know? So enjoy this one. I would totally fuck with shit. If I ever made, when Sex Swing finally becomes that cold hit, <laughs> I'm going to go in, I'm going to add McClunkies everywhere. Change the color of Spunky's shirt. Yeah, yeah. I think as it happens, I'm, I'm going to be our resident Jacob here today, but the, the Greedo scene didn't exist in any script, and I think they, maybe they had a, a nightmare situation with the original Jabba stuff, because Jabba was just like a big fat guy and it mm-hmm. wasn't working. But they needed something to go there to serve the same point as that scene, so they created this Greedo scene. And I think he's actually in a, f- a scene following that. It's the same guy in the same suit, just in the background of a shot. <laughs> so it makes it makes very little sense. Unless that got McClunky too. Is it the same kid from the prequels? <gasps> That's a good. Is question. that little Greedo? Did we ever establish that? I'm not an expert. Do you think McClunky is going to be a verb now for like filmmakers going and it- fucking with their? Oh, actually, yeah, that's that would be great. That would be actually that would be an excellent way for it to sort of, you know, find its way into like vernacular. I'm down for that. So I've actually got to deflate the whole conversation because I think an internet uh, Sherlock did figure out what McClunky is. That's too much. Um, Translated into well, there there or whatever. Someone. in Phantom Menace, Sebulba is talking to Anakin, and I'm not going to say the whole line because it's nonsense. Can you but please do? No. Mik mi chawa, wormo mi kili ma kluki. Good. Okay. Good. Which translated in those subs was, next time we race, boy, it will be the end of you. <sighs> so people are thinking that the ma is the McClunky and maybe means something like I'll end you or something oh, like that. So they thought that it was going to be a thing where like people would make that connection. They know they know in the <laughs> no, prequels. They know in the prequels that Sebulba said that <laughs> and then um, they should have subtitled it though if they wanted people to know what it meant. I think this this could be a stretch and this is just a like some random internet people so maybe it's bullshit. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I think sometimes things are better a mystery, you know. I it's love better the, that we don't know what Kofi yeah, means. Yeah, I love McClunky. <laughs> I love stuff like this. I do like the idea that Greedo and Sebulba speak the same language. Mm-hmm. The Tatooine, whatever, desert language or something. 
that makes very little sense. Yeah, but well, okay. I don't know how language works out there. Watched Mandalorian, first episode of Mandalorian. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet. There's a guy that looks like a fish man. Nice. But he sounds like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are gonna talk about it more, but I actually yeah. like kind of dug it and dug the pace, like the way it was paced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we will we'll do yeah. a deeper dive into Mandalorian next week. Cool. Uh, when when resident Star Wars expert Jacob Fullerton and and Star Wars kind of fan yeah. guy Adam can I, be here. I am not a huge Star Wars person, and I do wish there was some type of like Star Wars school I could go to <laughs> to educate myself on the subject. Disney Plus, McClunky. Yeah. We could get you a tutor. Maybe I'll just go back to any school. <laughs> Uh, like Columbia School. <laughs> Thanks for the segue, Elise. <laughs> nice job. Um, yeah, let me tell you guys a little bit more about our sponsor this week, Columbia College. With tuition at Columbia College, your education is one low price. There are no fees, no book costs, no surprises. Don't play games with getting your education. Truition lets you budget for the true cost of college. They've eliminated all fees from application to graduation. They provide e-textbooks at no charge. With e-text, you can highlight important sections and add personal notes to the material. You can also convert e-text to audiobooks so that you can listen to content on the go. Truition is for all undergraduate and graduate students taking classes online or in the evening at any of their 30 plus locations. Columbia College was founded in 1851 and has been accredited for more than 100 years. Eight week classes are held year round so you can earn a degree quickly. Columbia College's mission is to improve lives by making college affordable. That's the truth. That's Truition. Apply today at mytruition.com film. So apply today at mytruition.com slash film. That's mytruition, T-R-U-I-T-I-O-N dot com slash film. And thanks for Columbia College. Uh, thanks to Columbia College for bringing us here this week to talk about the McClunky. And sorry if I ruined it for everybody. No, I'm I don't know if I'm I should put a in. big spoiler in front of the McClunky. Uh, until we get those translations, official translations, <laughs> I think it's all speculative. I really want to know what else George hid in there. I don't think he can help himself. I wish I could have been, I wish it had happened sooner so I could have been McClunky for Halloween. <laughs> Whatever that costume <laughs> is. I don't know. Is it, I think it's just Greedo. Mm, it's no? the concept. It's the, you're yeah, dressed as the concept. The of idea of McClunky. Okay. You would be dressed as George Lucas with like a little editing yeah. set up in front of him. Is, is new Sonic technically McClunky? Yes, it <laughs> is. Right? He is, right? Sonic is McClunky. Is that the title of the podcast? Sonic <laughs> is McClunky? <laughs> it's too SEO. <laughs> it's an after-the-fact change by the creator in response to fan backlash. A real McClunky has no fan inspiration, though, I think. It's the per- mm. it's, yeah, it's the auteur's mm. inner... You can't leave it alone. The, the inner strife that the auteur has God. to reconcile Although, with themselves is McClunky. I don't know... Maybe this, it depends if George did the McClunky based on people being upset that Greedo and well, Han shot each other at the oh, same time. Yeah. He's like, there needs to be another shot in there that's, to explain everything. That's what I was presupposing okay. was that the, that in George's mind, McClunky is the threat that cues Han into <laughs> knowing that he's about to get shot. So that way when his CG head moves slightly to the left, it's not as jarring because he knew he was going to get shot. So the entire Sonic redesigns a McClunky. It's a soft McClunky. Okay. <laughs> I, there's maybe soft and hard McClunkies. I think a hard McClunky is when it's the auteur, the person can't just leave it alone. They just have to keep coming back to it again and again. I do really like your idea, Dan, that this should become like film uh, jargon, like, you know, when you, you Greek a and a prop on set to get rid of a logo, <laughs> like uh, McClunky is now in the zeitgeist. It's like jumping it's, the shark. It's like a, a form of fixing it in post. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're on to something, guys. Um, but <laughs> the other people that are on to something this week are uh, DC and Warner Brothers. Someone in someone in the, the subreddit uh, was out loud wondering, or maybe on the comment on the YouTube, wondering how often Warner Brothers tells us what to talk about on this show. Mm. <laughs> I promise you they have no idea. I wish. Idea we even exist. Yeah. Um, I wish someone acknowledged us. <laughs> so if we're ever talking about Warner or HBO, so I promise you they don't know we exist, have never told us to, anything to talk no. about on this show. If, um, if you aren't aware, though, yes, it is worth disclosing that oh, Rooster Teeth is a property of Warner Brothers 
it's a subsidiary yeah. of Warner or Media. So now. If you go if you go far enough up the chain, our parent company is Warner Brothers. But, but we've yeah. never gotten any sort of notes, no. as far as I'm aware, on what the podcast can, should, or won't say. Yeah. I, I promise you, they don't know who we are, and we don't uh, like censor our own opinions because of it either. That being said, Warner, if you're watching. Yeah, you want to send us sale. some no. videos, <laughs> well, VHS. Ach- Achievement Hunter got the fu- the Batman merchandise. Maybe we get the Aquaman. <gasps> oh, please. Maybe we do. The- oh, you will never be. <laughs> Ocean Maybe well, Warner Brothers can send us back to school. <laughs> oh, we already we are did that one. Down. Oh, <laughs> dang it. Um. But you know, if if we could get Aquaman merchandise, maybe we'd get some Ocean Master tees, Elise. I would love to. <laughs> um, this week, uh, speaking with the Hollywood Reporter, Patrick Wilson did confirm that Ocean Master will return for Aquaman two. Now, by Ocean Master, is he referencing himself? <laughs> yes. Oh, because when about I his character. when I think of the Ocean Master, I think of the Crab King. Because to me, he's he should he's the man that should have been Ocean Master. Dude, Crab King hat or shirt, totally sell out. I promise you. They would. Action figure, there'd be kids would be clamoring they for would. more Crab King merch. Is 2019 the year of Crab? <laughs> Did he survive? I think it it was. We unintentionally Arizona Circle because we had our Crab King in our sketch, which I, kind of bothered. Well, because that sketch got written, you know. Before in October, I think before the movie came out in December or whatever, and I was a little bit bummed because I thought, oh, I hope people don't think that the crab thing is an Aquaman thing, because um, I thought the Crab King thing was was good. Um, but luckily, we didn't have that many comparisons because no one's watching the show. Oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, Crab King's the best part of that movie. Did he live? No, didn't he get shot down in cold blood? I thought he. I thought he. Had, he lost a. a Pincer. Oh, maybe he did. Okay. I thought that's what happened to him. He lost a pincer. So he yeah. can come back with like a hook or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you know what? Willem Dafoe in Lo- in Aquaman, but then in Lighthouse, he gives his whole lobster speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, is Lighthouse good? I haven't seen it yet. Um, oh, yeah, it's a good movie. It's it's not like one of my favorites of the year. Knives Out is one of the best movies of this year, guys. Yeah. We'll talk about it a little we, more. We, we'll get to that one in we'll a couple weeks. Later. Yeah, we, we went and saw Knives Out. Was that last night? No, the night? Yeah, two I can't even remember. Ago. Great movie, though. And we'll, and we'll talk about it more more soon. But yeah, um, I'm glad. I know everyone's glad Ocean Master is back. Hopefully, the Crab King can return. Um, Aquaman is still uh, the DCEU's highest grossing film. So it'll be interesting to see what James Wan does. Uh, I guess. Patrick Wilson did say that he's pushing his concepts even further and crazier than mm. in Aquaman, That's which was a pretty great. fucking wild movie. Yeah, but make it wild. Like, send him to fucking Neptune yeah. Embrace to it. fight the non-ocean planet. Exactly. Something. Yeah. Um, that's actually one of the things I really liked about Aquaman was just how, like, every 10 minutes they were in a different movie doing yeah. something mm-hmm. else. So um, embrace that craziness, I think. Oh, it, a, it is stupid. But. There's an amazing point in, in Aquaman where he's there, he and Patrick Wilson are fighting, and but like the thing is you'll fight on a platform, but you don't want to fall into the lava. And I'm like, they're in water. <laughs> you can't fall. You can't fall off the platform. This doesn't make any sense. But I was still in for it. <laughs> Here's a question. Do you think Patrick Wilson will align forces, will his character align forces with Aquaman uh, in the in the sequel uh, they because like they will just follow up? the template of Thor. Hmm. Do you think they'll team up for that? <sighs> they if they were smart though they would skip Thor too or at least do that in like ten minutes at yeah, the beginning yeah. of Aquaman too. Yeah, they skip ahead. Get to the Ragnarok part. Maybe oh maybe Thor and Patrick Wilson who we keep calling that because I have no <laughs> idea what his character's <laughs> name is. Ocean Master. He wasn't though. He, wasn't, he, he was trying he wanted to, to be. be. No, he, he, never he declared it. himself Ocean Master. A lot of people did in that movie. <laughs> or say, they said that someone else couldn't be. The, the crab standing in his way prevented him. If he had defeated the crab king, <laughs> Which then, he could yes, not. then yes, he would have been able to call himself Let Ocean Let the record Master. show he could not defeat the crab king. <laughs> he was unable to do so and thus never truly became the Ocean Master. There's a current petition from some of Johnny Depp's hardcore fans. They don't want Amber Heard to be allowed to oh, return. Heard about that. For the movie. Okay. All right. I don't use the word hero every day. <laughs> I mean, the thing but is, she, like, she was she was fine. Yeah, she was serviceable. Mm-hmm. She she could return. She could not. I'm kind of indifferent. 
I remember their relationship. I've only saw the movie the once, but I remember their relationship seeming very forced. Like the romance didn't exist, but clearly they were reading lines that thought mm-hmm. there was a romance relationship well, there. I also was like, are they sisters? Like I, I was kept waiting for the reveal that's like they're siblings, which is why they're not having sex. <laughs> um, I, I think that Aquaman 2 is a perfect candidate for the classic 90s movie trope of doing a sequel and recasting most of those other parts, <laughs> like where not everyone comes back for some reason. Like It's a Mortal Kombat, yeah. too. It's Willem Dafoe's character, except it's not him. Oh, the, no. The, they, they couldn't get Django Fett back. Nicole Kidman didn't want to return. Like they, So they just they recast. It'd be, it's, it'd be the perfect scenario. Yeah, who should totally show up in Aquaman and everyone would lose their minds because of the comedy of it is Kevin Costner. Because, like, oh. Waterworld, so, like, Waterworld mm. prepared him. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling Aquaman. Kevin Costner has no oh, like, no, he, humor he, to him. He, he can't because he played... Uh, uh, Tinkup? He plays Spider-Man Uncle, so he can't. No, that's not Spider-Man Uncle. She's confusing A me. different universe, but... Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Superman's dad. Oh, yeah, he's Superman's dad. Is that not what you're referencing? <laughs> He's Uncle Ben. I can't remember. I knew he, I knew he died and he was born in the summer. Oh, he died in the cyclone or whatever, right? Yeah, he went back to save the dog and the dog is like, I'm out. Again, he didn't die. He just got put up on the top of that mountain. Um, yeah, but yeah, so never mind. He can't right. actually be an Aquaman too. Uh, so uh, other DC comic film news this week. Uh, Warner Brothers announced a release date and uh, gave us a, a really sweet poster of Black Adam. Okay. Everyone's favorite character looks like Black Adam. Um, Dave Batista. It? it actually does kind of. So, but is this a sequel to Shazam? No, this is different than if Shazam. you if you were going to have The Rock in his first superhero movie, would you cast him oh. next to somebody else? No, this would be The Rock. This, yeah, this is The, the Rock. Rock. Oh, but he was it cast does. in this forever ago. Yeah, they've been working on making this movie. I he was I cast in this when they were like ramping up their whole DC. I mean, it was before Shazam. It was, def- it was way before was Shazam, be. but yeah, that's interesting. But but it's so weird because he's. I mean, I guess the Rock is the Rock first, and then whatever character he plays second. Exactly. But <laughs> it's still weird because he's the v- villain for. Eventually, Shazam. he's the villain for Shazam. It'd be like if you just made a movie about the Joker, and who would do that? <laughs> well, maybe that's what got this greenlit all of a sudden. Hmm? Uh, it's a possibility. Like, uh, this has the this has the texture and depth of everyone's always going. When I think DC villains, I go the Joker, Black Adam, and those are the two. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I was gonna say I feel like The Rock is probably like he's so bored of being the like good guy hero at this point. Maybe he's like, yeah, somebody wants me to be the villain. Mm. Like, sure. I guess I don't know. So Black Adam. Uh, was some sort of corrupted ancient Egyptian predecessor to Captain Marvel, which is what Shazam used to be. Mm -hmm. So he's like Shazam in ancient Egypt, um, who fights his way to modern times to challenge Shazam and Shazam family. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know. I don't don't really get it at all. Um, I like The Rock a lot. Um, I thought Shazam was pretty good. Um, I know you guys finally saw Shazam and didn't. Quite dig it as much. It was okay. It, it yeah. got a little overhyped. I think. I thought, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it. I maybe thought it was a, fine, like yeah. good, but I wasn't. I didn't walk away being like that was amazing. I, you know, what, I maybe I'll watch it soon. I still never saw Spider Man uh, Far From Home. Good movie. Kevin Costner's in. He plays Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Warner announced this movie is going to coming out on December twenty second, twenty twenty one. I think that late December um, release date has done really well for The Rock for Jumanji and did really well for them for Aquaman. So it seems like something they're probably going to stake out um, for the rest of forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know we'll be getting either The Rock or some random DC movie on uh, late December. But yeah, I, I believe you know they're hoping The Rock can sell this you know maybe anti-hero, maybe not quite a villain, I'm guessing an anti-hero, uh, to people enough to build up to this huge cinematic, you know, Infinity War style battle between Shazam and Black Adam. Yeah. <laughs> It'll definitely be the same scale of that. Wow. I would just want to see The Rock in his actual body next to Zachary Levi in his fake Pilates suit body. Zachary- what if they give 
The Rock a bodysuit though, and he just he's just the, gargantuan. But The Rock is the size of Zachary Levi in a bodysuit. Yeah, Zachary Levi is a fairly large dude though. Like we it's saw like him tall, once at right? that event, yeah. and he was looked pretty big. Yeah, he's not. He's, he doesn't have. He, I mean, like obviously, yes, he doesn't 21 have twenty-one inch arms. And doesn't stuff. have those, but, but he's still a pretty big guy. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny because The Rock is that big, <laughs> and at some point in the movie, they should fight, and then he should rip off the bodysuit and be like, ah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the the director is the same. He did movies Orphan and Unknown and the upcoming Jungle Cruise. Whoa. So Wait. maybe he's a good friend of The Rocks the, now after the Jungle Cruise job. The Orphan, the movie about the The little Eastern person European disguised girl. as a child. So DC's going all in with these horror guys hmm. thinking they can direct superhero movies. Maybe they're being referred to each other. Maybe James Wan would take meetings with that guy and be like, hey, you need to talk to... DC guys, they're looking for people. <laughs> or maybe they got an early look at that Jungle Cruise, and they're like, "This, this is Black Adam material." I mean, I do think we do. We we live in a world. <laughs> wait, hold for it. Yeah. Where Dwayne the Rock Johnson comes into a meeting and says, "Oh, I really enjoyed working with this guy," and then he's hired the next day. Like, I mean, unseen. I believe it. So he's certainly one of the most bangable people that exist mm-hmm. for anything he wants to do. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, last story of the week, I'll leave Shazam rolling, um, is, is <laughs> something I, f- I find interesting and kind of scary. Honestly, um, James Dean, back from the grave, um, in case you don't know, James Dean was kind of a heartthrob, uh, died in 1955 at 24 years old in a car crash. Kind of since then become a big cultural icon for teen angst, uh, mostly because of Rubble Without a Cause and East of Eden. Giant. Don't forget about Giant. I never saw Giant. I, I forget no, about Giant. Giant. <laughs> anyway, uh, there, there's just a... I thought it was funny. You were like, I'll name two of his films. Two of the three. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did a bunch of TV and stuff. Anyway, um, there's a Vietnam-era action drama called Finding Jack who announced that they cast James Dean in their film. Nice job. And will be using CG and facial replacement, you know, motion capture and, and archival footage, apparently, to, to bring James Dean back to life in this Vietnam movie. Um, are you on, it, it's it's such a weird concept to me because I guess they've sort of done this recently. Disney has at least with with Carrie Fisher. Um, oh shit, who's the guy that was does the Grand Moff, Moff Tarkin? Yeah, um, Peter Cushing. But it, it's something that could happen more and more, and I, I think it's also similar to like the de aging tech that we've got. That there's all these things that essentially are giving us performances from actors that couldn't possibly exist in modern times because of, you know, people age and they die. This this is a new situation because stuff like the Peter Cushing and Carrie Fisher felt like sort of necessity of these existing properties and sure. wanting to reprise characters. There, there's a more, uh, it makes more sense, yeah. I guess. That yeah, there's like a, a purpose for it. Uh, this feels like a little bit of a stunt. It Yeah. You know, as it's like a, you could have anyone cast in this film, but you're choosing to like bring this actor back from the dead. It's like it's like you know how like um, I forget which Bruce Lee film it is, but the Bruce Lee film that shows like actual footage from his funeral in it, oh. and oh, uh, re- uh, Tower de- Game of Death. And it's like I don't know if there was is it Game of Death? I don't know if there was any way around that, but clearly the the filmmaker felt like. God, to finish this movie, like Bruce probably would have wanted, we gotta show him in his casket. Um, it's like it's all—it's it's weird. Like, it's a really weird line to be toying with. Mm-hmm. I do. There's this quote that I think is really stupid and funny from Anton Ernst, one of the one of the two directors on this film. We searched high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan, which has some extreme complex character arcs. And after months of research, we decided on James Dean. No. After after five <laughs> minutes of going, if we do this, some uh, some film podcast with no oversight from Warner Brothers will <laughs> report on it, which will be more traction than we'd ever get for this movie based off its own merit, then, uh, then that would be amazing for us. And we don't have to pay a marketing team a single penny for it. Uh, James, I think you actually, you hit... The the nail on the head there is I don't think this movie exists. Uh, I, I think they did this as a publicity stunt to try and get financing for their film. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they say that it's supposed to release on Veterans Day of 2020, and it hasn't shot yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's that one is I think impossible. That's a quick turnaround. Like unless you you know you did it funhouse style and put a JPEG of James Dean yeah. that doesn't even rotate when someone turns. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is this was a publicity stunt by some relatively clever people to try and get a film financed. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is for every person who goes, this is the stupidest thing in the world. There's someone else that goes, oh yeah. And that person has access to a hundred million dollars and they go, what if? And yeah. then they start researching the concept of doing it and then they do it. Yeah. Who do you bring back? Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> I was seeing bring it back from the dead. Th- there were a lot of actors that were like sounding off and tweeting about this yeah. and stuff that were pretty like displeased with this direction. Which I get, because like you think about your own legacy and what could eventually happen with you if this becomes commonplace. Yeah, I would say if you're an actor, make sure your will says something about yeah. not letting people do this to you. There's, I mean, there's also the whole aspect of you have this script, and the only person you think can play the main role is James Dean. You're probably a shitty writer. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not a very good script. I, I would, I would imagine if this is your idea, you probably have no concept of what the craft of acting really is, mm-hmm. you know, the art of acting, that you're thinking just anybody can do it and slap James Dean's face on it. That's acting. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. know, it's all a stupid stunt. It's kind of blasphemous, really. We still have Shazam running. That's not his body. <laughs> if they cast, is that they, the same thing? If they, if they had only said, the only person we can have here is a 255-pound gorilla playing this role, we wouldn't have Zachary Levi adding his charm to the role, which I think he did really well. So, you know... Just saying. Just saying. Um, I, I do think this just brings up interesting concepts about the power of technology in film. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we recently had Gemini Man where Will Smith got to fight younger Will Smith. And, you know, is that a thing anymore where actors, you know, hit 60 or whatever and we think they're, you know, boring and old and ugly. But if we de-age them a little bit, you know, at that, you know, Bad Boys 5 that's a prequel – with Will Smith looking like he's 24 again, will do better than the bad boys that we're going to get next year? I don't know. Let's get into the whole socioeconomic state of things. Listen, we live in a society, hold, where we have instant, we have teleportation machines in the form of Amazon.com same-day delivery, right? We have all the world's knowledge in our pocket, magic touchscreen devices, everything. We can interact with anyone, learn anything, do anything. We can do all this stuff, but we're still dying. Human beings are still dying, so we're desperately clinging on, especially older generations who've seen this change. They're like, well, we shouldn't shouldn't have to die. We have to live forever, which is why old people don't sell their houses, even though they're probably going (laughs) to fall down the stairs. You know, like they don't move into condos and then sell it off to the younger generation. And why people like Will Smith, who maybe they've aged out a little bit, refuse to not to give up the younger role (laughs) to a younger man. I mean, he'll be 80 and they'll have young Will Smith and, and, you know, the Fresh Prince, too. Yeah, I I do feel like there's there's a weird misconnection of like. So, you know, when when you're in your 20s, you want to watch people who are young and in their 20s, right? And if that's the audience that's going to the movies and spending money, I don't think that if I was, like, 20 years old now, I would see, like, who's this cool young guy in this movie? <laughs> Will Smith? Like, yeah, like, I'd be like, oh, who's that? Like, he's my new favorite. Like, I don't think, like, the computer digital version of young Will Smith would soon just become my favorite actor. I'd be like, mm-hmm. this is weird. I'm going to go watch... Whoever this uh, this twenty five year old guy like I don't know Woody Harrelson, but, <laughs> but you, you guys are a fan of um, who's the digital pop star? Oh, Hatsune Miku. Yeah, well, I do completely fabricated, right? I do think it's an it's an interesting a tool to have to tell stories. Like Benjamin Button is the prime example. It's, sure. I don't think that's it's a immaculate movie, but it's a good example of like where this de aging technology really helped them tell a story that you really couldn't have tell except with excellent practical makeup you have to be you know top tier so like it does help you tell interesting stories interesting ways but it is weird <laughs> also I don't listen to Hatsune Miku I think the concept of it is cool but I don't you're not jamming oh, out yeah, I'm I kind can't of the enjoy same it way. never been to a concert yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I like yeah I like the idea of a mm-hmm. um, vocaloid pop star I think mm-hmm. more than I like listening to the music yeah 
Um, so, James, your favorite character in all of the Marvel Universe, uh, Moon Knight, has some news this week. His Disney Plus show uh, got a showrunner. And Jeremy Slater, the guy best known recently for developing uh, Umbrella Academy for Netflix, hmm. but also wrote Death Note for Netflix hmm. and Fan Fantastic, the really bad Fantastic Four movie. No, I, don't, I didn't see it. People said it was bad. The Josh Trank oh, one oh, recently. So you've got a guy with dodgy credits writing your favorite character. Listen, there's nothing you can't do anything to Moon Knight that Moon Knight can't handle. He's crazy. He does Damn. have dissociative that's why he identity wears disorder. White. That's why he wears white, Dan, so that way we can see him coming. <laughs> All right. So the exact if you ask me what I think Moon Knight would want, he would want someone completely unprepared for Moon Knight to make <laughs> Moon Knight. And I don't even know what that means. I don't know if this is the guy, but I think Moon Knight would want it that way. You know? Okay. So I think this is perfectly in line with what Moon Knight needs. All right. (laughs) That's it. Thank you. Moonlight update. It just just, Sonic looks a little weird when he's sitting in the car. (laughs) I think it's a better still than it is in motion. Same, same. So that's uh, all we have time for this week. We actually don't have time to get into the Selena reboot. We'll have to save that for another week. Selena's. Um, thanks again to Muggsy and Columbia College for sponsoring the show this week. We really appreciate it. Um, I guess in the comments, um, if you didn't like Sonic, or the new Sonic redesign, let us know. I don't really care if you actually liked it because everyone else seems to. Ooh, really um, hard stance. Yeah, hard stance. Mm-hmm. And, and tell us what your favorite McClunky is. Yeah, get the video with McClunky like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for coming around. Bye. You know what we should do? We should make the title, you know, Sonic's got a new look, but then a week later change it to McClunky. <laughs> and then it, our title is now a McClunky. <laughs>